The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's something about the girl that just makes my head on a twirl. Oh, hell no! I do it my way. Grandpa's Musical Grandkids. Welcome to Grandpa's Playlist. So take a seat up on Grandpa's knee while Grandpa teaches you all about music. One artist and one album at a time. Now, to a man that needs no introduction, here's the man, the myth, the legend, Grandpa! here and welcome to grandpa's playlist i'm your host grandpa the nerd and i'm glad uh you've tuned in whoever you are because i'm just a nobody in his little man cave basement recording shows and playing music that he loves to help keep his alzheimer's affected brain fresh his grandkids proud so if you are listening I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping an old man. Hey, I always wanted to be on the radio. So you're fulfilling my dream. If just one person is listening to me, it's fulfilling a dream of mine to be a DJ, which I wanted to do my entire life, but didn't go to school for it, this, that, and the other. The universe gives you a deck of cards, or see, a deck of cards, and it gets shuffled, and you just got to take what hand is dealt to you. And me being a disc jockey in my youth, and I don't mean youth like being a kid, I mean back in my 20s and 30s, wasn't in my deck. But I don't complain because I got some good kids, I got some good grandkids, I got a lovely wife, so at the end of the day, I'm still better late, I'm happy with what, I, what happened, but better late than never. So, I get to do this until my time comes. Your time is gonna come. So what do I have for you? I've been waiting to do this one for a long time. There's a couple of albums out there that I'm looking forward to doing, and this one is one I've really been looking forward to doing. I'm doing Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Their very first album. Because I saw them on tour with a good buddy of mine. Although, uh, I do believe it was Jason Meeker. We went and saw this, saw Guns N' Roses play. I forgot who they opened for. I think it was Bon Jovi, but I am not totally... 100% sure, but I did go see them. Um, this album was released July 21st, 1987, way back. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to say this, but I will. It's They are an excellent band. Take away all the drama. 
Take away the bullshit of Axl Rose. Take all that shit away. They are a good band. They got good music. It They're good. I'm just saying it right now. Guns N' Roses are an excellent band. But when everybody takes into effect all the drama that comes along with the band, people start to, uh, Guns N' Roses sucks. And that's what's wrong with the world today and even back then. Because I, I knew people that thought they sucked once he started getting in trouble. So take all out of the way. It's a good band. I stand by that. I stand by that. Now, uh, uh, this wasn't a mainstream success until the following year after they had toured and started getting significant airplay for Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, and Sweet Child of Mine. So it was a little bit of a late bloomer, but it bloomed nonetheless. So I've got a lot of information on this, and I've got a lot of, um, I got some accolades here that were printed out by the old wifey wife that I'll read to you at in a little while. So in the meantime, let's get it going. Now, as you know, here on this show, I like to do evens. So since there are 12 tracks on this album, you actually get two, 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 two. Instead of one and then two, two, two to catch. So you know what I'm saying. You do math. I'm not good at math, but I'm good at basic math sometimes. So <clears throat> the first two I'm going to play for you, i got some tidbits here. Um, the first one I'm going to play, obviously, Welcome to the Jungle. It was the second single. In 2009, it was uh, it was it was said to be the greatest hard rock song of all time by VH1, MTV's most requested video. It was used in many video games, movies, and the unofficial anthem for the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's Welcome to the Jungle. And then after that, it'll be It's So Easy, which was their first single about being able to live off fans and girls, making it so easy. So here you go with the first two tracks. And I'll be back.
there you go there at what big potato baba potato salad that was welcome to the jungle followed by it's so easy and uh i think this album's off to a good start like i said i like flow but this whole album is heavy even sweet child of mine being a i call it a semi ballad because it's not that soft but it isn't any of the other songs so this is this is to me, this is just this is a solid album. I've said before and other stuff of of people who have great debut albums, and this is one of them. This is another band 
who really had their work cut out for them for their second album. Some bands have good first albums, but maybe they're not as good as their second or third, but it was good enough still for them to be, for their to, for them to have had a second or third. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sure you do. You know, some bands, slow start, great career. Guns N' Roses, very fast start, kind of sluggish career. I'm not going to lie to myself. As much of a fan of Guns N' Roses I am, as I am, their career has been lackluster. Some of the new stuff that they've done since they got back together to me, one song was good, the other one was like, eh. Uh, Spaghetti Incident wasn't one of my favorites. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't one of my favorites. Um, GNR Lies was pretty, was was okay. My favorite, now you may think this is your probably your favorite Guns N' Roses album. No. This is my second favorite. My top three Guns N' Roses is, and I just count this as one. Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. I count that as one album because the record company should have done it as one album. Let's be honest. That was just a way to make extra money for everybody, but hey. I wasn't there in the room to make the decision. So Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 is my first. Then this one, and then Chinese Democracy. Then the rest all just fall in as whatever my mood is that day. So this isn't my favorite by far, but it's my second favorite, but still a great, great, great debut album. Uh, the album hit number one on the Billboard's 200 as well as number as the seventh best-selling album of all time in the U.S. and the best-selling debut album. Um, with over 30 million copies sold worldwide, it is also one of the best-selling albums globally. So... There you go. It's it. This album has a lot of success to it. A lot of success. And with that success comes more songs. So now I'm going to play you track three, which is Night Train, which is a tribute to Night Train Express, a cheap wine with high alcohol content. So you've got Night Train. And then number four, don't got any tidbits of information, but it would be Out to Get Me. So here you go is Night Train and Out to Get Me.
Alright, well that was Night Train and Out to Get Me. Hope you liked them. Now, I, I know at some point I want to do Use Your Illusion, but here's my quandary. If that's the I don't know the English language, so I don't know if that's the, even the right fucking word. But, I'm wondering, do I do it all in one show? Or do I break it down into two? Use Your Illusion 1 and then Use Your Illusion 2. If anybody has any ideas, drop me a line and let me know. Otherwise, I don't know. That's a... That is a tough decision. Do it as one album? Because I, I think of it as one album, but for time constraints, I mean, it could take a while. I don't know. I have time to think about it. Because I was looking over my list of stuff ready. And uh, what I've got planned up, two Rush albums, an Iron Maiden album, a Warren album, a Tesla album, an Ace Frehley album, a Megadeth album, an Extreme album, a Mr. Big album, a Firehouse, an L.A. Guns, a White Snake, an Ozzy, and actually a Tears for Fears. So I have time to think about it. I have time. Now I don't know what order those are going to be in. Don't don't start making plans because I don't know. But those are the ones I have picked. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do both Rush back to back or I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to tune in. So anyway, back to the album here. Um. Many of the songs were written while the band was doing the L.A. club circuit, some of which showed up on later albums like Back Off Bitch, You Could Be Mine, November Rain, and Don't Cry. And the reason November Rain didn't make the cut was because they put Sweet Child of Mine on the album and they, were on, they only wanted one ballad on Appetite. Now, from what I understand, and I'm not an expert about Guns N' Roses like I would be certain bands like the Monkees or other bands that I do like, but I do believe Slash has always hated Sweet Child of Mine. So, you know, some, you know, I always get, it always bugs me. Always bugs me. And I'm just going to be honest here. It always bugs me when an artist makes a song or a movie or a book or whatever, and then years later, I always hated that. Then why did you release it? Look, this is how you should take it. This is how I feel the, the approach should be. I wrote this song. I wrote this album, I wrote this movie, I wrote this book, whatever you wrote. I wrote it. It's not one of my favorites. I could have done better, but don't hate it. Don't hate your work. Be upset with your work. You know, I know you you are your worst critic, but don't hate it. Just, you know, it's, I could have done better. Don't hate it. You should never hate what you create. You should never hate what you create because you worked whether you whether you like what you did or not, I'm sure you worked hard. Now, if, you know, Slash said, oh, we put together Sweet Child of Mine in 10 minutes. Okay, maybe you can have the, if, maybe you can hate it. But most people who hate their work, I'm sure it wasn't just slapped together real quick. And I'm not talking about an Uwe Boll film or anything. I'm talking about something you really worked hard on. And even if it didn't turn out the way you wanted, you still worked hard on it. You shouldn't hate it. You just shouldn't. I'm just saying. So anyway, let's get on to some more tracks. We're going to go with Mr. Track number five, Mr. Brownstone which is about their addiction to heroin, followed by Paradise City, which was wildly considered the band's worst song. Now, I don't think it's their worst song. Not their best, but not their worst. But I think a lot of people who consider it their worst, maybe they heard it too much. I don't know. It does have a weird flow to it. You know, starts off the way it starts, and then... It kind of has a you know weird, weird flow to the song itself, but I don't hate it. But I, I had uh, what was that video game uh, from EA uh, Paradise Burnout Paradise City, 
and the freaking song is all over that 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 game. So if, if you played Burnout Paradise City, you probably do hate this song, but probably not because of the song itself, but because it was played too much. But I think it's harsh to say it's their worst, one of their worst songs. Um, some of the, I don't know I. I don't think it's one of their worst songs. It's not one of their best, but it's not one of their worst. So with that being said, you be the judge. So here's Mr. Brownstone and Paradise City.
Okay, well, that was Mr. Brownstone in Paradise City. Now, I will say this, all right? After, after reading that about being the worst song, and then after really focusing here and listening, and really, really mm-hmm. focusing on this song, maybe they're onto something. Maybe they're onto something. It's so erratic, and it's, they may... I'm not going to jump aboard the ship of hating the song right yet. But... I will say they might have something. I might have to hear it a couple more times to really make up my mind. Because, yeah, sitting there listening to it, they, it does seem a little like they were full of themselves. Let's just cram all of our talent into one song and show off. And I don't know. Like the WWE of songs. But I'm not jumping on board. I'm not going to sit here and say right now it's the worst ever of theirs. I'm just going to say eh, they might be onto something. But with almost 30 million monthly listeners, people still love Guns N' Roses. Just maybe they shouldn't love, love this song. But that's not what I'm here to discuss. Now, <clears throat> after a few weeks of rehearsals, only after just a, after only a few weeks, you know, some bands rehearse for a while, um, they went right into the studio and started recording some of the basic tracks. Roses' vocals... Let me turn my page here. Turn the page. Um... Some of Axel's wrote, or Axel's vocals took the longest because he's a perfectionist. You know what I mean? He's got to have it perfect. And he wanted to record one line at a time by himself. So now, now we know why. Now we know why uh, Chinese Democracy took so damn long. I love that album to death, but it took a long time. Most expensive album ever. Maybe I'll do that one one day. You know I will. I just don't know when. Um, so I got accolades that I'll talk about later, and then. Uh, but yeah, the Paradise City thing. Maybe, maybe there's something with that. So with that, let's move on to the next two songs. Um, we've got My Michelle. Um, this was written about a close friend of the band, Michelle Young. Axel and Michelle were in a car together when Elton John's Your Song came on, and she mentioned she wished someone would write a song for her. So he did. So my Michelle is for their buddy Michelle. And then track eight, which has no tidbits of information, that one is called Think About You. So I'm going to play you my Michelle and Think About You, and then uh, I'll be back.
All right, guys. Well, for those people who don't like Guns N' Roses but love my beautiful voice and all my little tidbits of information or whatever else comes out of this dumbass mouth, we've only got four songs left, unfortunately. And for you people, or I shouldn't say unfortunately, good for you. And for you who love Guns N' Roses, unfortunately, there's only four left. So let's get on to some of the accolades. Um, in 1989, Rolling Stone ranked the album as the 27th best album of the 1980s. In the 2012, it ranked at number 62 on Rolling Stone's updated list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. It maintained that rank on the 2020 update of the list. Now, if you've been a follower of me and listened to my episodes, you know I can't stand Rolling Stone. They're a bunch of fuck-ass heads. Fuck-ass heads. Whatever. They're a bunch of dumbasses, and they keep moving albums up and down because new albums come out. Look, as good as a new album is, it's got to be out for a long time, I feel, before it needs to adjust the list. And some albums belong in the top 10, 15, 20, and should stay there forever. But I'm just a grumpy old man, so take that as you will. But I'm not a big fan of Rolling Stone. They can, they fuck it. I don't like them. All right, and in 2001... Q Magazine listed the album as one of the 50th heaviest, one of the 50 heaviest albums of all time. I'm not going to go that far. This isn't Q like Q, but I think they're as crazy as Q because that makes no sense to me. It's not one of the 50th, 50th, 50th heavy albums of all time. It's heavy. It's good, but it ain't in the top 50. No. Um, in 2004, Q named it one of the greatest rock classic rock albums ever. And in 2006, Q placed the album at number 10 on its list of 40 best albums of the 80s. All right, some of those, I, I don't agree with the heaviest one, but the other ones, I, I, can, I, can, I can roll with that. In 2002, Pitchfork ranked the album at number 59 on their list of top 100 albums of the 1980s. It dropped to 86 on Pitchfork's 2018 list, of the 200 best albums of the 1980s. So, you know, when it's in the top 100, it's 59. But when you add in 100 more albums, it drops to 86. I don't know. I don't make these lists. I just don't make these lists. Um, and in 2003, VH1 named the album the 42nd greatest album of all time, which I had mentioned earlier. Um, got some more stuff for you here. I might as well go with one more. In 2004, Kerrang! ranked the album as the number one most essential hard rock album. Now, and then in 2005, Spin ranked the album number 18 on their list of 100 greatest albums from 85 to 2005. Now, if you listen to Get in the Ring on the Use Your Illusion, Spin and Kerrang! weren't their band's favorite magazine. So, I'm actually give them credit for putting them on these lists after they were hated on so much in that song, Get in the Ring. Um, so, you know, if you're like, what is he talking about? Listen to, go to Spotify or whoever you listen, look up Guns N' Roses, get in the ring and listen to it. He talks about Spin and Kerrang. So, I, I give them credit for ranking them so high when they were shit on. So, <laughs> there you go. Now let's get on to two more songs here. Uh, track nine, which would be Sweet Child of Mine. This started as Slash's warm-up. Evolved into something else, which inspired Axel to write lyrics, which he based on his girlfriend, Aaron Everly. So this was like the, his warm-up, the, the beginning of the song, you know, the... I, I can't do it at the moment. But that was uh, Slash's uh, warm-up 
you know, the warm-up. And then the next song is You're Crazy, which I have no info on that one, so it's just You're Crazy. So, now, Sweet Child of Mine is my least favorite on the album. I'm not a big ballad fan. And even though this isn't the softest ballad in the world, I have to put this on one of my lists of ballads I don't like. Does it kill the album for me? No. Do I think they should have left it off? Yes. I think the way they did Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, the way it was designed is like a experimental type thing. I think Sweet Child of Mine should have been on the other, you know, November Rain on, on one of them and Sweet Child of Mine on the other. I think they should have left this song off. I think their debut album should have been all hard. But once again, Grandpa wasn't in the room. Grandpa didn't make the decision. So here you go with Sweet Child of Mine and You're Crazy.
All right, folks. Well, our journey together down the road of Appetite for Destruction is almost over. Now, as I sit here, one other thing I noticed about Paradise City, I know I'm going back to that, but one thing I noticed, fucking song is long. It didn't need to be almost seven minutes long. It just it didn't need to. So now, so now I've taken one more step into thinking maybe Paradise City is the worst song that they've done. But let me reminisce. Let me let me take some time and play through and maybe some of their other music and really listen. And maybe, just maybe, Grandpa will swing back around one day and be like, remember guys when we were talking about Paradise City? Maybe I'll have a final definite answer to how I really feel about it. Or I'll forget because of the Alzheimer's and I won't even fucking remember and I'll never bring it up again. So, who knows? But here's some more accolades. Some more accolades. In 2006, the album was included in the book 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. I need to look into that book. Maybe I'll do a special on the book. In 2006, the album was placed number two on Guitar World Magazine's list of 100 Greatest Guitar Albums of All Time. I don't think so. I can't agree with that one. Like I said, I'm an honest person, right? I think Axel is the, the biggest asshole in the world. Or at least maybe he was. I don't know if he's truly changed, but if I go by what the public appearances are, he is. But, but... I love their music, but I don't think they're number. They should be number two on, you know, greatest of the 100 greatest guitar albums of all time. Should they be on the list? Yes. Should it be that high? Oh hell no. In 2007, the album was ranked number 32 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of the definite 200 albums, which was developed by the National Association of Recording Merchandisers. In 2011, Australia, Australian radio station Triple M listed the album number one on their list of the 250 most life-changing albums. I don't think it should have been that high. Maybe a little lower. Definitely on the list. In 2012, Slant Magazine listed the album at number 37 on their list of the best albums of the 1980s. Now see there, in that situation, I feel it's a little low. Should think it should be, I think this would be at least in the 20s. If you're doing best albums of the 80s, it should be up in the 20s. I'm not giving it all that and saying, oh, it should be the top five. I'm just saying it should be a little higher than it is. And in 2012, Clash added the album to its Classic Albums Hall of Fame. Definitely earned. Definitely, definitely, definitely earned. Ah, so with that, let's get on these last, let's get it on, folks. Let's do these last two. Um, the last two is a uh, track eleven, which is anything goes. Anything goes. Nah, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I'm being ridiculous. Um, and then Rocket Queen. Now Rocket Queen it incorporates the moans of Adriana Smith, which were recorded while she was having sex with Axel. She did it for the band and a bottle of Jack Daniels. Rocket Queen was actually supposed to be the name of the band a girl named Barbie wanted to make. Wanted to be the name of a band a girl named Barbie wanted to make. Rocket Queen does sound like a cool band name. But, so yes, Adriana Smith is the sex sounds. Or she was bone and axle. That was her first mistake. And she did it for the band, Groupie, and for a bottle of Jack. Drunk Groupie. I can't judge. I can judge a little. 
but not but not like super judge. I can get a little eh figures and then leave it at that. I'm not gonna ponder, you know, what kind of girl she is. Or, you know, disrespect her too bad. She slept with Axel. She did enough. On her own, I should say. Did enough on her own. So anything so anyway, here is Anything Goes and Rocket Queen. <laughs>
All right, all right, all right, all right. That was Anything Goes and Rocket Queen. The last two songs on Appetite for Destruction. Now, once again, for people who tuned in late or people in the cheap seats or people who just don't want to listen, I have no love for Axl Rose. So I hope you're listening, Rhodes. I have no love for Axl Rose. But Guns N' Roses is, is one exceptional band who are up there with Metallica so he can cry some tears, some salty tears. <laughs> They're not that good. Yes, I put them up there with Metallica. Two different types of bands, but up there with Metallica. They were a pivotal part of the 80s rock scene, and they deserve all the credit they get regardless of all the bullshit that actually put everybody through. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Except for, you know, I'm starting to think you people were on to something about Paradise City. You know, I used to hear people bitch and moan about it, but it never really registered. I always just, oh, just a bunch of haters. But now that I'm older and really sitting here, eh, like I said, I haven't made my 100% positive switch to the hater side. But I'm leaning that way, because the more I think about it, Paradise City is kind of weird. Kind of weak. Kind of all over the place. So, hey, check back with me in a while and see. Now, like I said, I have two Rush albums up next. And I don't know if I'm going to do those two Rush albums back-to-back or spread them out. So, who knows? I I might not even do Rush next. I was supposed to do Appetite for Destruction and then do Jackal. But last week was Jackal. So... You never know with me. But anyway, make sure you tune in um, for my next episode, my next thrilling adventure of Grandpa's Soothing Sounds, or Soothing Sounds with Grandpa, Sunday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central. Um, And then I'll be on that same night with Grandpa Goes Country. Yeehaw! Let's play some country music and get some hoedown going on around here. Ha ha! I gotta hear that country. So, make sure uh, you tune in for that on Sunday night. It's on the other network, WISP. But I'm going to advertise it here because my shows are my shows. Network notwithstanding. And then next week, I have a new one with Murray. Doing our top five list on uh, 70s and 80s made-for-TV movies. People don't talk about those movies much anymore. They're on Tubi, some of them, but let me say... Not a lot of people remember the good old days of TV movies. They don't do that no more. Cable came along and screwed it all up. But we used to have made-for-TV movies and miniseries. Miniserieses. Eh, fuck my English. So anyway, I hope you guys tune in next time. And I hope you guys tune in to my other shows. And don't forget my cremation fund. Head over to grandpas-playlist.com. That's grandpas-playlist.com where you can pick up merch. With my stupid face on it. And help me get cremated. So that being said. I love everybody very much. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you. Well I'll never. I always say I'll see you next time. I, I, don't, I don't see you for shit. I don't know. It's just one of those things. But anyway. See you guys around. See you next time. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the rest of your life, because some of you may never tune in again. So, you know, if that's the case, enjoy the rest of your life. Be that way. Don't tune back in. All right, guys, I'll see you. Oh, well, I was getting ready to stop the recording. No, 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 no. 
I gotta go out with my uh, gotta go out with my uh, playlist out, you know, from good old Steve's my wizard, right? Steve's my wizard. He takes care of all my little videos and all my clips. Steve's my wizard, so I gotta show my love for the wizard and play his outro. I was getting ready to just stop it. Can't do that. See you, folks. for listening to Grandpa's Playlist. Tune in next time for another great episode of Grandpa's Playlist. Oh, and be sure to subscribe and share this show with your friends and family. Because if you don't, Grandpa will know. Believe me, he'll know.